Welcome to Wyndham Tech Talks, a podcast series designed to explain and explore the role and impact of Wyndham Tech School in Wyndham and Hobsons Bay. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of Australia, in particular, the Boonwurrung, Wannawurrung and Woiwurrung peoples of the Kulin, where we work, live and play. We extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and their elders past, present and emerging. In this episode, Sam Nikolsky, Acting Director of the Wyndham Tech School. Welcome back, I guess is how we should start this one, because you've been on a, and we'll talk about more about it uh, during this uh, chat, but uh, back from overseas, Sam. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, no, it was a, a great trip, but good to be back in the tech school. Well, let's talk about the tech school. What's going on there at the moment? Give us an update of, uh, of where we're at. So, well, Wyndham Tech School, we had our fifth birthday uh, two weeks ago. So that was a really nice time for, you know, for the team to stop and reflect on, you know, how far we've come over the last few years, um, you know, having spent, uh, you know, since 2020 really in that in that startup mode and uh, last year really being the first full year of being, being operational as, as the tech school we're you know, smashing all of our targets, really high student satisfaction and teacher satisfaction, and lots of really new exciting projects coming along. We had our, our smart farm delivered last week, uh, which again opens up a huge amount of possibilities for, for our new projects. All right. Well, tell us what that is. So it's a state-of-the-art vertical farming system. So it's a 40-foot shipping container. Right. Uh, that's just at the entrance at, at the Texel, just as, as you walk in. Um, but it's filled out with uh, yeah, a vertical farming system, state-of-the-art uh, Philips LED lights with the optimal light recipe for growing leafy greens. All right. <laughs> and uh, when it's at full capacity, you can have 3,800 lettuces growing and can produce... Uh, just if we're just using a quarter of it, uh, we'll produce forty kilograms of basil a week. Good grief! Um, <laughs> I'm still I'm still reeling from the three thousand eight hundred lettuces you were talking about. Yes. Um, uh, so uh, now this fits into the program where let's sort of work out where where that comes in. So uh, this was a grant that we were successful in last year called the Secondary Schools Agriculture Fund, and it's all about. How do we prepare the, the next generation of agricultural workers, but particularly looking at that through a digital lens and looking at the digital skills that's required in the agricultural industry? And being, being close to, to Werribee South, where we do have um, a large uh, local agriculture industry as well as a horticulture industry here as well, you know, it's a... It's a part of the workforce that is screaming out for talent. It's not somewhere that comes to mind when students are thinking about their careers. They're not yeah. thinking about, um, you know, working that sector. Or they think that, well, I don't want to be a farmer, get up at four o'clock in the morning and spend all day on a tractor. There's huge careers where you could be a data scientist working in the agriculture industry, or you could be a, a, a technobiologist 
or you could be, you know, formulating the right light recipes or the nutrient formulas. Um, so it's really about raising that awareness of the tech roles inside of the agriculture industry, but it also gives us a great context for our other programs. So, you know, we can use sensors, we can use our systems engineering principles um, to, to, grow, to grow produce. It's another industry, another area, another part of our world that we don't necessarily uh, associate science with in any way. But uh, clearly, there's a, there's a marriage there that's made in heaven. Yes, yeah, and it's giving us a really great context to link um, so many of our different programs in. I mentioned our, uh, our systems engineering program, which is all about creating um, you know, systems with Internet of Things sensors and um, whether it's actuators to control the flow of nutrients, uh, whether it's the data monitoring, um, but even ties into things like cybersecurity, you know, what happens if your smart farm is hacked? And if we look at an industrial scale, um, these are real concerns for the industry. Um, but even to look at things more thematically as, you know, whilst it's inside of a shipping container here in Werribee, that container could be in Antarctica. It could be in a desert. It could even be on Mars. Yeah. And so, you know, looking at those other contexts around it um, and the, you know, the relationship that, you know, science, technology, engineering, and maths has uh, across across every industry. That 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 STEM is now uh, is now branching into things that I don't think even even the the most um, ardent supporters would have thought that you would have been uh, delving into. Exactly, and that's really what one of the key messages of the tech school is: is that you know, science, technology, engineering, maths, or digital skills has disrupted every single industry, every single job. So whether you're working in healthcare or agriculture, you need to know about data. You need to know about data collection and analysis. You need to know about systems and sensors and Internet of Things. The naysayers have said that, you know, the, the jobs of the future, they're not there and they, this industry's dying and this industry... Well, basically what we're doing is we're changing the kinds of jobs that you'll be doing, but you'll still be working in the, the same industries, just doing spot different on. things. Yes, yeah, spot on, spot on. Um, the, and- uh, just, just back on the, uh, the Werribee South connection with the with – the, uh, the, no, I want to make sure I, I get it right the, – the smart farm. Um, yes. Uh, obviously there's expertise there at, at ground level. Have you been able to tap into that and bring that to the table? Yes, yeah, so we're we're partnered with Valicia Farms. Yep. Who's the um, yeah, so that we've partnered with them for for a long time on our different projects, whether it's been our, our robotics and automation programs. Um, but this is a really nice connection where they are, uh, you know, a local family run run business. Um, Catherine Valicia, the managing director, is a, a great um, collaborator and supporter of the work we're doing here at the Tech School. Yep. So as our industry partner, they're providing that subject matter expertise, particularly around what we can grow and how do we optimise the conditions. Um, you know, whilst the tech school team is very good at the tech stuff and the, and the smart side of it, uh, we aside from our own veggie patches, we we try and get going. Um, and, and that's really a great example of, you know, education and the industry working together because they have the expertise, but they also have the challenge. They they need workers. They need people that can integrate automated systems. Um, 
and also gives them a great proof of concept is, you know, know, is this a sort of technology that would assist their business or their industry as well? Yeah. And I'm assuming from their point of view, I mean, they've, they've struggled of recent times to get the next generation to be interested in the farm. And all of a sudden, there's a, a whole new area that uh, that we never knew existed to be involved in. Yeah, yes, exactly right. And it's, yeah, just the awareness of the types of jobs and the types of careers you can have within agriculture. The um, uh, that That's opened up, obviously, a door that we didn't know was there previously. Is is there more of that coming in the in the tech schools future? So the smart farm that's that's a big a big one. We've been um, it's been about eighteen months since we first uh, first had had the idea or started putting together that that submission. So there was a lot we had planned to fall out of that. Um, but we're also just about to start works on. For the moment, we're calling it the classroom of the future. So it's a new, a new teaching and learning, a learning space at the tech school, and it's really there, you know, as, as a pilot to disrupt the notions of you know traditional classroom design and usage. It's designed around collaborative, student-driven, project-based learning, uh, but with that layer of hybrid on top of it. So. There's no front of the classroom. There's nowhere for the teacher to stand in front of a whiteboard. Um, it's all around the students sitting in groups of six. Um, and there's also a, a hybrid seat at every table. So a um, a video conferencing system at each table. So if you've got students that are at home, maybe they're isolating, maybe they're overseas, or maybe they um, you know couldn't get to school that day, they can still join in that conversation um, and feel like they're they're collaborating with their classmates. So we'll start that in in the next few weeks. So that's another exciting one. The obvious question there is: it does uh, does it make the teacher redundant, or or does it just make the teacher um, be redeployed? I guess in in a different way in inside the classroom. So it's really shifting the role of the teacher in the classroom, where you know. Traditionally, you know, the teacher was the font of all knowledge and the <laughs> teacher was the one that was, you know, driving what the students are doing in the classroom. The The idea between uh, by, by flipping that and not giving the teacher a space is the students are setting their, their long-term goals for that project. The students know what they're working on next because they've outlined, you know, where they're heading. And the teacher's really there to be the guide, to be moving between each group of students, to, to be checking on them, to be, you know, giving them those, those curly questions or asking the what-ifs. Um, and because of access to the internet and all the resources, whether it's, you know, things like, you know, Coursera or online learning modules, you know, the students, they know how to have their own self-directed learning. They know how to follow tutorials or follow through resources to learn it at their own pace or at their point of need. So looking at that on-demand learning as opposed to this whole class, we're all going to learn this exact thing at the exact same time. By using this project-based learning model and that learning on-demand, Will the students define what knowledge do they have now? What knowledge do they need to successfully complete their their individual project or their piece of that project? 
and then outlining well, what things they need to learn to get to their end point. So it, it's going to be an, an experiment. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of conversations, you know, recently around um, sort of an article today, you know, the death of the open plan classroom and, you know, these, these fads that might come and go. But it's really about aligning the student experience with what they're expected to know how to work once they're in their careers and in the workplace. Yeah. It's a really interesting concept because it's individual learning, but it's not solo learning because you're doing it within a within a team structures, but you're doing it at your own pace, which is a really an interesting way to go about it. And I would have thought a more productive way to go about it. Yes, and it's really looking at, you know, if the students are working, uh, for example, if they're working in a team, um, whether it's an, an entrepreneurship program where this group of six students, uh, one of our agritech um programs that we're running next term is around the students, okay, as a group of six, you're a business with access to this piece of infrastructure. Start building your your business model and each student will have a different role, whether it's in the project management, whether it's in the IT or data side of things, whether it's the marketing and stakeholder engagement. So the students will have you know, individual parts of that project to work on, but with enough overlap and the shared conversation and the shared knowledge between them. So whilst they're specialising, they also have that, um, that transfer of knowledge between those different roles. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, uh, how do you keep up with all that? Because, uh, geez, it's fast moving and there's stuff going everywhere. Yeah, it is, it is fast moving, but it's really looking at – um, it's all about how do we implement what we've developed as the Wyndham Tech education model, yep. which is you know, the project-based learning, industry-driven curriculum, uh, and then using these innovative methodologies. So whether it's business thinking or design thinking or systems thinking. So we've developed the, as we've developed this model, it's become about translating it into those different contexts. So whether it's, you know, putting it into the agriculture context or the esports context mm. or the Formula One context um, or looking at the robotics context. So still using the same overarching framework, but then it's the, you know, it's the industry or the, or the tool that is the, the shift of it. The uh, the One of the major points that we've talked about a, a fair bit in the podcast series has been the interaction and the involvement of business when they when they come to the table, um, that uh, I'd imagine they're taking a lot away from this as much as footing in. Exactly, and that's something that you know we we put a lot of work into looking at is how do we as an organisation not just lead our schools, but we want to lead industry and be a model for innovative business practices. So we use, uh, I mentioned design thinking, and there's particular phases of that um, that we use really regularly, um, particularly when we're planning for new projects or new funding opportunities or new programs, where we go through a very structured um, understanding, defining, and then ideation phase, um, which is all about, well, how do we you know, define very clearly define the problem that we're going to be solving and then you know, go through a very structured ideation workshop to look at how many possibilities are out there and then narrow that down to the ones with the highest impact. 
So this is something that we've been iterating on for the last few years and it's been really successful um, to the point that we're running those design thinking or innovation workshops for businesses. Um, wow. We've got one of our industry partners there um, coming out next week, bringing 60 of their graduates um, out to do a day of, of these workshops that are sort of led by the tech school. Because wow. um, we have a great... Um, you know, essentially a research and development platform here where we can test things and we have a lot of the space that where if things don't work out, well, that's a great learning opportunity. And so we can take those risks and try new things that schools or industry might be a bit more hesitant to do. Yep, yep. Are you constantly surprised by, you know, what you're coming up with and the, and the areas that you're delving into? Oh yes, uh, you know even even last week the team did a an ideation workshop looking about looking at what sort of projects we might be implementing around renewables and clean energy, and we all started off in, in one place with our initial ideas around you know whether it's a electric vehicle charger or you know wind turbines and solar, but where it ended up was looking at. Well, could we make a really cool or engage an, an artist to make a really cool artwork using algae and looking at how algae is going to be one of those clean energy technologies that is going to have a huge impact on, on industry. So that was really surprising was that um, you know, out of the, the research and, and then the ideation, the thing that is going to have big impact is, is algae, which was very unexpected. Wow. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing that the places that they're taking you and that you're taking them and and, and it is it is really a case of that isn't it that the students are, are taking you and you're taking them it's a it's a shared it's a shared journey exactly right and by having um, you know, all the learning focused around open-ended learning or open-ended questions or start with a problem and supporting the students to head off in in different directions uh, is really, you know, that that's what the future of education needs to be. We don't need workers that can, you know, soak up information and be, have that information squeezed out of them in an exam. Mm. Industry is telling us they need people that can identify problems and then solve those problems. And we don't always know, you know, is it the right problem to be solving? You know, maybe what you might initially see as as the problem, you know, might have deeper a deeper underlying cause that if you target your thinking around that will have much more impact. Um, and and that's what industry is telling us. They need they need innovators. They know they need people that can, you know, think critically and then creatively and then apply technical skills and actually make something or actually do something to solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's taken education. To, I guess they would have been screaming out for that kind of the, or those kind of people to be coming into their organisations as opposed to, you say, someone who sat there for 12 years and soaked up a whole lot of stuff and then uh, when you push that button, they, they, they tell you the answer to that one, but they, they're not actually thinking. They're just... Yeah, it's a, it's a really good way of education, really good way of opening them, opening the minds of young people, and and they obviously clearly love it. Yes, yes, and you know, first and foremost, we put engagement in number one. Yeah, it's when we're coming up with a new program or new student experience. Is well, 
which part of this is going to get the student excited? Let's start there and then build the rest out of it and then push towards the achievement part. But if you don't give the students a reason to care about it, as opposed to, you know, if they don't engage with it, they get in trouble or if they're not listening, they get called out. Well, how do we make the students want to be at school and want to learn and want to keep pushing? It's a great place to be. Hey, tell us about your trip, uh, the Space Academy of Educators. You went to the States. Uh, Obviously, uh, very exciting and eye-opening experience for you. Yes, that was an amazing opportunity. So it all started uh, back in, in February. I was looking for opportunities to take students from our schools to the Australian Air Show down at Avalon. And down the bottom of the uh, the student resources page, there was a, a call out for expressions of interest for a teacher to chaperone um, Team Australia to uh, to space camp in, in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, so I quickly uh, put together an, an application um, and was the successful teacher applicant. Um, and so this will run through the Astronaut Al Warden Endeavour Scholarship. So it was set up in honour of or in memory of Apollo 15 astronaut Al Warden. Yeah. And each year uh, four countries are chosen and four students and a teacher from each of those countries uh, all get together for, for a week of space camp. Um, so this year it was Australia, France, Bahrain and the United States. And for the Australian side of things, uh, they had over 600 student applications and they chose a student from Launceston, one from Sydney, one from Brisbane, one from Cairns. Uh, we all met in Sydney uh, on the Thursday before we left, uh, met in person for the first time then flew into Washington, D.C., where we met the teams from France, Bahrain, the United States, Uh, went to the Air and Space Museum in Washington, and then we're off to the U.S. Space and Rocket Centre in Huntsville, Alabama for the week. Wow. Uh, So what happened there? Uh, So the 16 students, also the overall, um, the overarching theme of the program is about international collaboration, and so hence, hence the four countries the 16 students, they took part in the Advanced Space Academy, which involved a lot of um, simulations and real astronaut training. So the students did, um, you know, they did the scuba diving missions where they were under the water fixing parts of the space station, you know, the one six gravity simulators, the multi-axis trainers, um, as well as doing, uh, you know, long-duration missions. So... Their longest one was a two-hour mission where all 16 students were in different roles, whether it was in in mission control or as the Capcom, there were the space shuttle um, pilots, there's, you know, the crew that's on the International Space Station. Wow. And so um, everyone's got their their roles and their tasks and the, the switches they need to flick and the buttons they need to press and the communications they need to do. Um. And so they go through a full simulated mission from countdown to launch to a, a rendezvous in space, and then and then things start going wrong. And so it's about how do they respond to anomalies. Um, so well, that, that's what the students did. And um, 
as the teachers, we're going to group those 20 teachers uh, in our in our class, and they were from eight different countries. And so as teachers, we did a very similar program to the teachers, uh, to the students, but it was focused around how do we take these lessons or these experiences and build them into our own schools, our own education practices. So it aligned beautifully with our vision of, you know, industry-driven project-based learning where everything that the students do is being developed in collaboration with NASA engineers. Um, And it's not about, you know, responding to questions on an exam. It's about doing and learning and, and exploring. Gee whiz, that's um that that would have been a hell of an experience for you. Oh, it, it was amazing, and you know, and like with most things, the 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 best part was really learning from all the other educators and all the other teachers because they're all, you know, either in similar positions or they're leading the STEM initiatives or they're teaching STEM in their schools, but in Korea, in Japan, in Mississippi. Um, So it was, you know, in the United Kingdom. Um, So it was really great learning about how we're doing essentially the same job, but in very different contexts. Wow. That's a a, a life-changing experience, I would have thought, from uh, from an education point of view. Oh, definitely, yes. No, I I felt like like a little kid, um, I kept saying, I feel like Charlie Bucket, you know, going through the... (laughs) The museums, um, you know, meeting all these amazing people. Was lucky enough to spend to spend a full day with um, Charlie Duke, who was the um, Apollo sixteen lunar module pilot, so the tenth man to walk on the moon. Um, and you know, even got got to sit down and have dinner with with Charlie and his wife, and just chatting about you know what his life and career was after the experience of walking on the moon and chatting about their travels to Australia. Um, so that was one of those pinching yourself sort of moments, saying, um, chatting with someone that's stood on the moon. Yeah, gee whiz. Oh, sensational. Oh, well, that's that's a fantastic. Uh, uh, well done to you for uh, for applying for that because I, I do remember talking to the Avalon air show organisers uh, around the time of the show, about a month out from the show, and they were talking about that particular thing and how it had been one of the things they were really looking forward to, how, how it panned out. Well, Clearly now it's panned out really well. Oh, absolutely amazing experience and um, it's going to have a lot of impact on on the work that we do at the tech school. Yeah, I it's would imagine. One of those things that it costs nothing to apply, I thought, why not? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, and obviously opened your opened your eyes to a lot of things and, and uh, I would imagine a lot of connections for, for things that will happen in the future. Uh, yes, one of uh, one of the other Endeavor scholarship teachers from Houston. Uh, he teaches STEM at, at the School for Engineering Professionals. We're talking about about the smart farm and the, and the possibilities there. That was something they were really interested in in looking at. Um, so we've already got the the seeds planted uh, for an international collaboration around around the biotechnology side of things. So. Um, yes, lots of great international connections uh, to, to build on. Oh, good for you. That's fantastic. Well done. Good stuff. Oh, thanks, Sam. Uh, it's been a fascinating chat and uh, good to get an update on what's going on at the tech school and uh, and what's going on with uh, a whole lot of a whole range of other things. Uh, the education of the future is looking very promising. Thanks, Kevin. Absolute pleasure. Wyndham Tech School is a STEM centre of excellence, funded by the Department of Education and hosted by Victoria University. 
And if you'd like to know more, simply visit the website, windhamtechschool.vic.edu.au. Have fun until the next time.